Hey everybody, I'm Peter and I'm stepping down and letting a clone take my place. He's killed 50,000 people, it's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast where two buds just chat about Patch. Yes. Wait, so, I, I, what? 50,000 people? Who killed 50,000 people? So this is, I want to play a new game, maybe instead of the card game today, this will be a short game. There's been, there was some breaking news that hit the internet, Star Wars related, and oh. I want to see if you can do a little guessing game. Okay. So someone tallied up kill counts for characters in Star Wars, the people who had the most kill counts, and the top, the top two are pretty interesting. So I want to see if you can guess who has the first one could should be fairly obvious. Who is the character in Star Wars who has killed the most people? Luke Skywalker. Absolutely. Luke Skywalker has come in with an estimated 370,000 kills yep. in Star Wars, which makes sense because yeah, of Death the Star. Death Star, right? Yeah, easy. So this is the interesting one. Second place with around 50,000 kills. Hmm. Who do you think it is? Let's go Wedge Antilles. No, incorrect. Because of, of the second Death Star. Ah, shoot. Okay, um, give me two more guesses. Okay. Um, but, but let's go General Holdo. Nope. So do you? I'll give you. Do you want to? Do you want to guess or do you want a hint? No. Let me. Let me try to jump on this. Okay. The last one I'll choose is Think uh, about it It's yeah. someone we've brought up quite a bit In our previous series Yeah uh, I mean We always joked about it being Zeb So I'm going to go with Zeb Aurelius Close but uh, no The character with the second Highest kill count in Star Wars Is Chopper. <laughs> so Chopper has wow. an estimated fifty thousand kills, uh, mostly coming from when he sabotaged and blew up the remember the Indictor oh, ship yeah. Star Destroyer that has an estimated thirty seven thousand crew members on it. Wow. Um, and an additional 97,000 stormtroopers. So just that one wow. act, he killed 47,000 people. <laughs> yeah, we always joked about how much of a murderer he was, but I guess it's confirmed. <laughs> yep, so it is confirmed. And I thought that was a fun little tidbit, especially for the episode that we are talking wow. about yeah. today. So Chopper is a psychopath. It has been confirmed. Oof, oof, oof. I love it. Yeah. Um, so that's our little guessing game today. We'll, we'll save some cards for, for next week. Far enough. Yeah. Um, and there's not really any news or anything else fun. Do you want to just jump into this episode, Mike? Yeah, let's just jump into it. Let's talk about this episode because it's very interesting. Episode 11, Devil's Deal. Yeah. I once met a girl and we did a Devil's Deal once. Uh, What? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a weird, like, sexual act. I don't know. When I read Devil's Deal, I'm like, yeah, that's like I, an odd name. That's why I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, deal with the devil, I guess, is... Am I know. the only one who's not, who thinks of that? Am I the only weirdo? Uh, maybe. Because I just think of, like, you comprom- like you're do- making a deal with the devil to, I don't know, do you know, it's, it's sham <laughs> making a deal with the Empire, basically. Yeah, totally. But, uh... Yeah, interesting episode. I um, 
I'm, I'm, it's one of those episodes where you need to see where all this goes because it kind of so precariously ties to the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like Omega and Hera tie, and then there's a, you know, you have, uh, I almost called them Bullseye. Um, <laughs> crosshair. Crosshair. Um, AKA Cross Haircut. Yeah, Cross Haircut. <laughs> uh, Dengar, Crosshair, uh, you know, at the end, kind of stepping in there. But it was, I don't know. It's um, like I, I keep thinking, okay, pretend these characters you've never met, the Sindulas before. And for anyone mm-hmm. who's listening, the Sindulas most popularly appear in Rebels. Hera is the, mm-hmm. you know, Space Mom. Yeah, she's Space Mom. She has the ghost. She's kind of the uniter of the ghost crew. Sham Syndulla, we've seen before. He first probably appears in Clone Wars. Yep. Um, his daughter Hera becomes the centerpiece of Rebels. So these characters have a history. Um, even the, uh, the uh, yeah. So I'm wondering, but if, if these characters didn't have a history and they're introduced, how would you feel about this episode? Because I keep thinking the Bad Batch is a lot of Star Wars leans on some nostalgia. I mean, that's kind of Star Wars in a mm-hmm. nutshell. Yeah. But they're leaning on other characters to bring up other characters. And I, I don't, I don't Oh, it's, it's a very season one trick. Like Rebels did it a lot in season one to be like, okay, well, if you don't love them yet, here's some other people you might love. Um, and I, I, I don't have a, I don't have an issue with it. Yet, but I, I'm curious to see how far down the Syndulla, but if the Syndulas are and the Bad Batch don't go any further than this or much further, then it's going to feel a little cheap to me. Uh, but I, it was still fun, I guess. I don't know. I'm, conf- I'm conflicted. Really I, I, go, I go back and forth. I, yeah, I feel completely opposite, honestly. Um, because it felt, I, I know what you mean, um, in Rebels, there was that episode where Lando Calrissian just, like, shows up and, like, tries to sell, like, bouncy space pigs um, yeah. to As Morgan. And, like, that literally could have been the function of anyone else. Um, like, the fact that Lando was there, it's kind of like, I remember you talking about this with the books and the comics and stuff like that back in the day, is like... You know, you can't actually tell an interesting story with any of these characters because Lando is going to show up in, you know, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So, like, it's almost like Lucasfilm says, like, all right, like, you can have them in your story, but just, like, don't do anything crazy with them because, you know, yeah. like, we're saving that for the movies. Yeah. And I didn't feel that way with this. I mean, to answer your question, if it was just another family, I would still be super into it because, like I said, the power struggle of the transition of the of the empire is such an interesting story to me. And I love the way that I thought this was a really sophisticated storytelling where the Bad Batch almost were like guest stars in their own episode. And it was a, you know, it was a bottle episode in a really cool way. You just see another slice of the galaxy and you see what is happening. I mean, there's ties from, like we said, Sham is in Clone Wars. And so the whole struggle of I've fought my entire life for freedom and I want to give this freedom a try, not knowing that he's, you know, getting in bed with a pit of vipers or that's probably not even a saying. I just made that up um, with the Empire. And 
there's like some cool Game of Thrones stuff. Like the intrigue of it was really fun. So like even if it wasn't Hera and the Syndulla family, I think this episode is a successful bottle episode. But even with it being Hera, I don't think it was just like a cameo like, hey, here's a character you like. Like I think they actually told some interesting things about Hera. You know, we learn about what's going on with her, her mom. Um, I think that's going to lead to some really interesting things as we talked about with Jonah Marie Masias when she was on our podcast a bunch. This is, we don't know anything about Hera's mom. We've heard, we heard that she died in the fight of the Imperials, but we don't know anything about that. We get to see a moment in time where Cham is really caring for Hera and they're really close, which is something we didn't see in Rebels. Their, their relationship was fractured and they were really pushed apart and so it's really building up this character and adding things to their story in a way that is really cool. It's like what would happen if you if they wrote a really good book on Hera. Um, and so I found it completely successful in that way, actually. Yeah, it's funny. I find it I find it successful in the way you're describing it. I suppose I just don't like that type of storytelling where the, the central figures step out completely and become like I, I I totally get what you're saying. I suppose it's just a subjective <laughs> like, yeah, but I hate when TV shows do that because it just it feels like it feels so shoehorned and it feels it feels like they don't have enough they don't they can't their characters aren't they don't have enough story for their for their central characters, so they they because th- so they they plug in other ones and I thought, the Hera, the Sindula, this Sindula story is something I'm very interested in, you know, as an avid Rebels fan mm-hmm. and want more of. But in Bad Batch, I think I, I want, I want the storytellers to make the Bad Batch crew that I'm still not bought into more successful. And so I think that's, that's the angle I'm coming from is like, it's, you're totally right. It's completely successful storytelling and the intrigue and, the politics and the uh, the character development, it all works super well, but within the, you know, but it's a story, it's a framed narrative. It's a story that's framed within the Bad Batch. And I don't know if as a storyteller, I would, I would choose to, to, you know, I would choose that framing narrative. Uh, I, you know, if I was, if you were giving me all the pieces to the the puzzle of, okay, here's everyone's story. How do we plug them in? I don't know if I would have said, okay, let's plug in this Indula story into the Bad Batch because, and then because the ways they tied those together were so loose. Like they meet him here to give them weapons. <laughs> um, oh, and make Crosshair the one who shoots him to, to, you know what I mean? That's how they're piecing it together. And that feels just so loose to me that, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I love that. I think, it, yeah, if I'm hearing you, I think what you're pushing up against is the fact that maybe we're still a little underwhelmed about the bad, the titular bad yeah. batch. And so this is just one less opportunity to develop their characters. And so I get that. Um, the interesting thing is I wonder, because this felt very Clone Wars, you know, when you when we watched Rebels, there weren't any episodes where the Rebels weren't in it. It was a story about the Rebels. And sometimes you would have, you know, 
a special, like one of the specters would go off and do a little episode on the, the, like on their own, but you know, it's still, they're the rebels. Clone Wars was much more, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan wouldn't be in every episode. They would just have a three episode arc where, you know, who's the Jamaican Jedi Kit Fisto would just like go to Mon Cal and like hang out and like fight the, fight the droids on an underwater planet. Um, and so it felt much more like that. And so I wonder if they're pivoting a little bit because like we, like I mentioned last week, this was the first episode that didn't appear in any of the trailers or promotional materials, which makes me believe that it wasn't necessarily finished. And so I wonder if there's something there where, you know, they kind of got through the first 10 episodes and then was just like, all right, maybe we can't like rest this entire show on the bad batch we need to open up the galaxy a little bit more and go yeah. more of that Clone Wars style. So I wonder if this is a one-off or if it is kind of more what they're going for. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see. And I, I feel like I sound... And, and I, it's funny because I would put this episode above other episodes so <laughs> far in Bad Batch. It wasn't like I don't like this episode. I do. I just... I want to. I want to see them push on... I think Mandalorian is a great example of the Mandalorian was always kind of the central figure while other characters came in and out and he continued to develop and baby Yoda continued to develop. Um, and this one just felt like, yeah, too much of an aside, uh, but I still have fun and it was still a great episode. I just, um, I need to be sold on the bad batch more. Um, and I've <laughs> seen enough. this, I've seen the star Wars trick too many times. Yeah. So, we mentioned her, but it is pretty big that we are officially introduced to Alani Sindula. Yeah. Eleni? E-L-E-N-I. Eleni Sindula? Sure. This is her first appearance in any, uh, first alive appearance. Yeah, in besides, any, in a, besides in a painting. Yeah, in any uh, canonical Star Wars. Um, in Rebels, as mentioned, Hera says her mother died fighting the Empire. Um, and... I am wondering, I mean, I think they're pretty clearly setting up a tragic ending for Eleni. Do you think that she is going to, is this where she dies fighting the Imperials? Is she going to get caught in the next episode? I hope not. That would feel extra shoehorned in. That (laughs) would feel like they're really tugging too hard. Um, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see such a big Syndulla thing in the Bad Batch. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. I'm I'm so about it. Again, this all sounds this all feels so Game of Thrones to me. Um, because I can see it. I mean, what if that is the resentment that Cham puts on Hera? Because if you think about it, all the stuff, them getting jailed and everything like that is could be blamed on Hera. Yeah. Um I wouldn't say it's her fault. I would say she was a young person who was manipulated by her uncle. Um when she very clearly said she didn't want to go on this mission and her uncle pushed her into it, um, which is not cool. But, you know, what if this does end with they, I'm assuming they're going to try to break out Cham and Eleni and something happens where, you know, cross is going to try to shoot Cham and Eleni jumps in front of it and, 
and gets killed instead. Yeah. What is Cham going to feel? Is yeah. Cham going to, I mean, he obviously hates, will hate the Empire because we've met him in Rebels and he is very, very anti-Empire. Uh, he is leading another rebellion against them on Ryloth. But, I mean, some of that misplaced resentment might go to his own daughter, which I find to be really tragic and some, again, really cool storytelling. Yeah, it is. It is. It is really compelling storytelling. I mean, to Game of Thrones, it's like, you know, Tyrion Lannister and how his how much his father resents him mm-hmm. for, you know, yeah. his mother dying in childbirth. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, again, really, really effective storytelling. Um, I, 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 I just hope the Bad Batch make it in, even... In in some kind of side story, even in parallel, if they were mm-hmm. doing something and had some appearance, I think it would be, it would work. They don't have to be a part of the necessary, necessarily a part of the narrative, um, but they could just be, you know, just running. Because w- what Game of Thrones did well, I keep going back to this, is they had 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 stories going on at the same time, and you would kind of mm-hmm. just jump back and forth. And I even think that, and there, there would be some crossing points, um, but rarely did you get episodes where it was so focused on just one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think even that would help with, for me, is just introduce the Bad Batch throughout the story, weave them, what are they doing on the side, where are they right now, just to keep the show anchored somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Game of Thrones, I also love this turn with Rampart um, where at the end, um, Orden Free Ta, the president of Ryloth or whatever, who we have met many times through Clone Wars and he even showed up in the movies. I forgot which prequel he's in, um, but we have seen him before uh, shooting him and blaming essentially being able to blame it on Cham and Lenny for an attempted assassination on the head of state of Ryloth in one swoop. He is able to kind of take care of all problems. Like I got the sense that he was planning this from the beginning. You know, this wasn't just like a thing that happened. And with that, you know, he is able to, you know, take care of, Cham and Gobi and get them in prison. But then also I'm assuming that because there's some interesting stuff. I mean, we could talk about this, but I think Orn Free Ta is going to survive this. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure that Orn Free Ta will survive this for many reasons that we'll talk about. And so now Orn Free Ta is going to get likely get more support from the people too. It's just that whole thing of, you know, look at how much they cheered Cham. He's an, he's a danger. And I look at it as kind of like the, you know, the Ronald Reagan assassination attempt. His his popularity numbers went through the roof after that, after he survived that. So that was kind of a brilliant, sadistic, Game of Thrones-esque move. And I thought that was some cool storytelling as well. Yeah. No, it is cool. And I do think he survives. I mean, because he's arrested for attempted. Yeah. So uh, it says that. Um, also, he appears in a book. Uh, Lords of the Sith, um, which hmm. is a canon book that takes place about seven years after this. So, oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Um, also, if you look really closely when they're carrying him away, his hand twitches a little bit. Oh, um, okay. Also, why would they show them carrying him away? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I know. I thought that was really brutal at first. I'm like, oh my god, they're just carrying away a dead body. But no, I, I rewound it and I saw that his hand does twitch a little bit. So, and the last thing is, I mean, I know Wikipedia is not like the source of truth of everything, but they say on Wikipedia specifically that he was shot in the Leku, which is his head yeah. tail thing. So, um, if anything, he was kind of shot in the ear. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So. Yeah, I think I am gonna I'm gonna expect him to have survived this ordeal. Um, Interesting. Which again, I mean, I'm sure he's not gonna be very happy that the Empire shot him. But first of all, I mean, they'll probably just blame it on one of Cham's yeah freedom fighters, so he exactly. might not even know that the Empire was behind it. And then secondly, you know, the reason that I think this was all set up and it's like Crosshair was given the orders to not shoot to kill is because he is very valuable to the Empire. He's very cowardly. Yeah. You know, he's he's subservient. He's happy to let the Empire take over. So a figurehead like that is very useful for the Empire. So they wouldn't want to necessarily waste that, but they are able to use him as an example to get what they want, which, again, I thought that was cool storytelling. And it was very fun. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's really it's really good. Um, yeah, and I am, I am excited for more of it. Again, yeah. just put more Bad Batch in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked for it. There's also, I feel like I haven't seen so many beautiful shots in a while. There was I a know. couple shots in this of like clouds on the horizon or like the ship and like this giant planet behind them. Like there was some sprawling shots that felt like wildly mm-hmm. artistic for any Star Wars animated show. They're really stepping up the visual game of this of this series. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen characters from clone wars already like Rex, um, and just clones and things like that in general. But for some reason it really, um, stood out to me this episode, how, you know, looking at Cham, who is a character we've seen in clone wars and just how much better he looks and how much cooler his, his model looks. It just, it's a, it was a very stark, jump in technology and artistic vision that I hadn't specifically noticed before. And so, yeah, again, that stood out to me too. This show is so effing beautiful. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's super, super amazing. Beautiful. Um, man, are we not going to talk about the French accents? <laughs> That's a good thing. We need to, we need to talk about that. Um, I mean, so, so we've seen this before. We know that Hera, I guess, has a, they all have French accents, but yeah, it's just so funny to me. I don't know why it's so funny to me. It's it's funny because Hera turns it off mm-hmm, totally. in Rebels. She, you know, has an American accent. Yeah. So I, like part of me is wondering if Dave Filoni was just like, hey, hey, we got to do this episode just so like people stop like giving me crap about how she has a French accent randomly in Rebels one time when she yells at her dad. That was the thing we talked about a lot is her French accent came out one time when she got super mad at her dad and it was kind of her reverting back to her native accent. Um, so good. And so, yeah, at this point, you know, she's never been off planet and i got the sense that that time she was flying was kind of the first time well it's the first time she's flown but i'm guessing she hasn't doesn't have a lot of experience off planet yeah and so you know she all she's known is her her parisian home world and so at this point she still has her french accent and she hasn't kind of turned her back on that which is like such a funny thing to me like 
Could you imagine like, all right, like say like Don Jr. gets elected president and I'm just like, F this, I'm ashamed of my country. I hate my country. And I like move to Canada and I'm like, I'm so ashamed of America. I'm going to start being like, Hey, I'm Peter, eh? Or like, I'm going to like <laughs> try to like pick up a Canadian accent. Like that's a power move. <laughs> yeah. I thought you had to be like past. I thought if like you were past the age of like four or five or six or something, it was like, there's some age where like your accent's pretty much locked in. Yeah. And she, Hera seems past that age. So it seems like she's putting <laughs> it on. Uh, totally. uh, Cause I, I was always holding out that she was like a lot younger and must have like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's why I think it's funny. I think she did like the Madonna move where she's like, she's much older and she just starts using a British accent for no reason. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. So just a funny concept, but it was kind of nice to see those ties. And apparently Chopper's been around forever. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a cool little Easter egg. I mean, we did learn in Rebels. I forgot if it said exact. Well, no, we did know because... They they were united during the Clone Wars because if you remember, we've seen the Syndulla residents before in an episode of Rebels where the Empire had taken it over already um, and was kind of using it as a base of operations. And so we see it in a much darker, more tumultuous time. And so it's kind of fun to see the family, you know, living their nice little life in their home right now. Um and we get to, yeah, there's the, there's the Easter egg, which I'm sure you saw is that same Y-Wing is there. They're, they kind of leave it as a trophy, yeah. uh, which is kind of, kind of a fun move. Um, also kind of like a weird move. Like if a car crashed in your front yard, just being like, and like a car crashed in your front yard and you got a dog from it. Like, yeah, you'd be like, that's where I found my dog. So I'm just going to keep the wreckage yeah. of this car yeah, in my had, front yard. Well, they had to leave it there, too, right? Because at one point in Rebels, Hera goes back home and the Y-Wing is there. Yeah, totally. So, and I'm sure when they did that in Rebels, they were thinking, like, that was the last time she was there. Like, the house was, you know. Uh, yeah, totally. I think they were like, oh, okay, well, we'll just say they left it there. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of a, a funny yeah, but it was a cool little Easter egg, I thought. Um, the only other things I can really think about... All right. Oh, there's one other big thing I wanted to chat about is um, this new clone character, Hauser. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, confl- obviously conflicted about turning his back on Sham, who was his general at one point. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a different... It's a different, I guess, point of view of, you know, the good soldiers follow orders theme. Um, this soldier is definitely conflicted, still mm-hmm. chipped, presumably, but acting with some independence outside of his programming, which is interesting. And I don't know mm-hmm. whether that's because it's, he's an older clone model or, you know, a newer clone model, newer clone model which would you know hence mean he's de- he's degrading and mm-hmm. so maybe not following orders or is this just all clones have this proclivity towards some independence and you yeah. know i don't really know but it's interesting and i think he is going to play a pivotal role in the possible escape or you know maybe he'll join the bad batch who knows 
Yeah, I think he's a cool character. Um, I think, and visually, they're they're trying to let him stand out a little bit because, you know, he's the only clone that's still in his rag armor with all of the decorations and stuff. They haven't put him into the kind of the standard stormtrooper esque armor yet. And I think it does bring up something interesting because I think we've gotten a little bit of mis- message, mixed messaging on this is, you know, how much control does the chip influence on people? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think canonically in what I understood was that it's not like it brainwashes them or turns them into zombies. They still have a personality. It just makes them very compliant. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, we've seen plenty of times where clones just like are mindless stormtroopers um, and seem like zombies in this show. So, yeah, it's a little bit of mixed messaging, but I think there's a couple things that could be going on that is interesting. I mean, the one that stands out to me the most is if you remember, I think we talked about this is Rex said um, when he met the Bad Batch that very few clones were immune to the effects of order 66. And so we, we, we honed in on that wording where he said, he specifically said very few clones. And so I'm wondering if Hauser, you know, he has his chip, but it's not as functioning as, you know, someone like crosshair. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he's one of the very few, the other things that are kind of interesting is, you know, I get the sense that he knows Cham really well. And that he probably fought on Ryloth the entire time. So it's possible that he never even met a Jedi. You know, he might have yeah. just the entire war. He just spent on Ryloth hanging out with the Syndulas. And it's not like the inhibitor chip is like, turn on all your allies. It just says turn on the yeah Jedi. So, I mean, maybe he has the chip, but, you know, it's just he's built up more of a relationship and doesn't have that strong, strong sense of like, I'm going to turn around and shoot this person. I've, I've known this in, this whole time in the back. Sure. Um, which is kind of interesting to me too. And then, I mean, there's also the third thing is, you know, we know that Rex and a couple of clones from the clone wars discovered the inhibitor chips. Um, and so there is a possibility that he secretly took it out, but I do think that this is a fun character i like yeah. his, i like him i like his personality it's nice to see good clones you know yeah. even the bad batcher kind of like you know misfit rough and tumbles like it, it kind of it, it i miss the clone wars like just the pure like good guys yeah um and so it's kind of fun to see them someone like that again um and yeah i think it just might flesh out something that will be really interesting to see you know that i'm interested in the conflicts between the clone army and the eventual takeover of stormtroopers and so i wonder if that's going to play into the next couple episodes as well is you know more conflicted clones um for sure clones that might rise up against the empire things like that that might be really interesting yeah i would love um i would love if this if the bad batch was the the whole crux of the storytelling was to really illuminate the split between the clones and the stormtroopers mm-hmm. and really show how that kind of divide began and where and when the split happened and how clones, you know, fell out and stormtroopers came in and mm-hmm. um, if some clones went and some clones didn't. And, you know, I would love if they, if this episode, this 
series really tackled that because it's a <laughs> it's a big outstanding question I think for a lot of people. I mean, there's answers, but it's you know we don't have in storytelling what that looks like, and so this would be a great way to bridge the gap between um, Revenge of the Sith basically and Rogue One. Yeah, totally. Um, and smooth that out a little bit, or even between. And then between animated series within Rebels, once you get to Rebels, they're stormtroopers. They're straight up stormtroopers. Yep. Uh, but are there some clones in there too? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I think I think that is exactly what we're going to get because I did see. We talked about this. I think it was episode three. They dropped Project War Mantle is the uh, yep. the project to prop up an army of the of the Imperial Army. And that's a Easter egg to Rogue One, um, but they also yeah. announced the names of the remaining couple episodes. And episode fourteen is called Project War Mantle, so I'm uh, assuming yeah, that there you go. it is definitely going to touch on that theme. Ooh, list! Do you have all the names in front of you? Oh yeah, let me. I'm going to look it up real quick. We're in episode eleven. I would love the next five because it goes to sixteen. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, it goes to 18. Oh, so, name those episodes. All right, so we are... Oh, no, wait, I was looking at June 18th, not uh, not 18, so let me see. Okay, we are. We don't know the last two, but so we have done Devil's Deal. The next episode is called Rescue on Ryloth. Okay, so, so we're getting more, we, sure. Yep, I think we already assumed that that was happening. Episode 13 is called Infested. Okay. That's interesting. That makes me feel like we might be getting another Bridger episode. But I wonder if it's just going to be like some episode where... Creepy. Yeah, something weird happens. Yeah, like one of the horror ones. And then episode 14 is called War Mantle. Yep, okay. And then after that, title TBA. There are two more episodes. We we will get 16 altogether. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, the only other note I had was, I think something that they're doing that is interesting and I like is that they started to flesh out Rampart as a baddie. Um, and I wonder if they're propping him up to be, you know, the Tarkin without Tarkin being there. This was the first time that I think I really got any sense of Rampart. I, I already talked about the Game of Thrones kind of deviousness of him. Um, and also another thing that stood out to me is when he, Right in the beginning when he walks up to Eleni and is like, it's a shame your daughter wasn't here to share in this. And I'm like, that's so creepy. Like, don't talk about someone's daughter like that. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he's definitely definitely a play at like, we know yeah. you guys are poking around. Where is she? Yep. Um, and so he's, I think they're fleshing out his, his baddie credentials. So I'd be interested yeah. to see if he gets developed further. Yeah, I'm, I am interested. It's a little sad that it's just like another... Well, I mean, maybe it's on purpose, but white male imperial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I <laughs> think that is definitely. I mean, it's either yeah. a white male imperial or a blue male imperial. Yeah, I guess I guess that's it. Um, yeah. I mean, we did have rebels mixed it up a little bit with, you know, a few females in there. But oh, fair, yeah. Um, did you have any other notes for this episode? That's pretty much it. I want to see more Omega and the Bad Batch in the next one. That's my only hope. Yeah. Oh, I, I I did love that moment, though, between it was Hera nice. yeah. and Omega. And I loved her personality. It's just so much. She's like, oh, I'm keeping an eye on you. I thought that, was so, that brought a big smile to my face. I really yeah. loved that moment. Yeah, I thought it was nice. Yeah, I, yeah Omega's really grown on me. 
Yeah. That's why, that's why I want more of them. Yeah. And she's like, did you know flying is a feeling? Yeah. It's like, what? What are you talking yeah. about? I thought that was so good too. Perf- perfect character to respond to that. I know, right? Cool. Oh my gosh. Well, how we like to end every episode is on a rating scale of our current most favorite sidekick to our current least favorite sidekick. I went last time first. Peter, do you want to give us an example? Sure. So my favorite sidekick is Ahsoka Tano. My least favorite sidekick is Jar Jar Binks. But I do love him. Mike can see me on the video chat. I'm wearing my Jar Jar shirt right now. Yep. Um, so between those two, I give this episode a chopper. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. I thought this, I loved this episode. This is an A. Okay. This is an A plus. I, I, I wow. This is one of my favorite episodes of the series so far. Wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah. that's funny. I, um, I was going down the same route on a scale of Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. Being my least favorite to K2SO being my most favorite, I give this episode a Zeb. Well, really, nice. I used I also used a uh, a Rebels character synergy uh, a synergy, and Zeb is a B plus for me. Nice, cool. Uh, maybe an A minus at times. Um, I love uh, again great storytelling, but the miss was I just wanted more Bad Batch. Similar to like I love Zeb, but sometimes I just want more like. Kane and, and Ezra. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, although I do love Zeb in a cave with Callus. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, you know where you can find us. Twitter, Instagram at Rebels Rebels Pod. You can email the pod at Rebels Rebels Pod at Gmail with mm-hmm. basically anything. I don't know. Start a conversation there. Great place to start a combo. Yeah. Yeah, um, and leave us a rating or a view on iTunes if you would be so kind. Um, we check those from time to time, and if you want to leave us your grading scale in the review um, or tell us tell us your favorite sidekick or a haiku, we will read it out on the show. Yes. Um, really, the only way people learn about this show is from word of mouth, and you know, we really appreciate the support, so thank you in advance. Yes, and remember, until next time, to be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. Bye.